Being a stepmother is not for the weak. What does being a bonus parent even mean? Should you discipline? Should you enforce rules? What happens if the kids say you're not my mother? What does it mean for your relationship with your spouse when you disagree on parenting issues? There is so much to unpack here, and I have the perfect person to do that with. My guest has made it her mission to help other stepmoms navigate the sometimes choppy waters of blending families. Let's get to it. The Happy Even After Podcast. The Happy Even After Podcast. Divorce sucks, but it doesn't need to define you. And it doesn't need to be the end of your story. The Happy Even After Podcast. Meet your host, Renee Bauer, an award-winning divorce attorney, peacemaker, author, and founder of The D Course, an online divorce educational program. She's been doing this work for almost two decades, and she is passionate about helping all women make it out the other side. The Happy Even After Podcast. Let's jump in. Hey everyone, I am here today with Jamie Scrimger, who is a wife, a stepmom of three, and a mom of one. She's a life coach with a specialization in step family dynamics. She's a podcast host and a digital content creator. When Jamie first became a stepmom, she was 26 years old, a childless bachelorette who accidentally fell in love with a single dad with three kids. As a child of divorce and child protection worker with a background in psychology and social service work, Jamie thought she knew what she was signing up for when she decided to marry a man with three kids and an ex. And after she had a complete breakdown one day, and we'll let her talk about that, she decided that she wanted to create a community uh, of support and resources for moms, but saw that there was nothing out there for stepmoms. So that's where her mission and passion was founded. And we're going to talk all about being a stepmom today. Welcome, Jamie. Thanks for having me. I'm so psyched to have this conversation with you because we haven't, in this podcast, I have not dove into the challenges and the roller coaster of being a step parent. We talk, you know, I talk about all things divorce and getting through the process, but often when someone's going through a divorce and they come out the other side, a few years down the road, sometimes sooner, sometimes later, they find themselves in a position where they're a step parent. So how yeah. did, um, let's just start with your story. Like, let's talk about that time that you were sitting on the bathroom floor having a complete breakdown. Yeah, well, that was fun. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, I think when I first became a stepmom, I was really, let me just say, I didn't even babysit. I really didn't even babysit. I really knew nothing about parenting except for what I knew as a child protection worker. So before I was in the role of a child protection worker, I actually worked for CAS, which is our child protection services, as a family support worker. So do you remember like the show Super Nanny? Oh, yeah. Like Super Nanny where like the person would come in and help you like implement structure and routine. Well, get this. So I did that as a job with zero <laughs> experience parenting, no kids of my own. I was like in my early 20s and I would show up at these people's house to help them be a better parent. And I looked like I was 17. <laughs> like I can just imagine what they thought of me when I was just showing up in my little dress and my, you know, I'm going to come help save the day. So that's basically all I knew about parenting was from the books. So I was coming in and really just trying to be this perfect stepmom in this home. And I had uprooted my life and left the city, was living with my partner and his three kids. And I didn't know anything about parenting. Like I didn't know it was normal to have like granola bars 
rappers in the couches. I didn't know oh, that yeah. you had to like tell kids a thousand times to do something and, and they probably still aren't going to listen. Like I didn't know that if bedtime's at eight, it doesn't mean you don't actually go to bed every single night at eight. Like that's just kind of a goal, right? Like yeah. I thought everything needed to be so strict and rigid and that's just, I, I was parenting by the books. So, you know, I could go on and on, but there's just so many things I didn't know. And I had this pressure because so I was 26 years old. My husband was 13 years older than me. So I was his stereotype, like I was a stereotypical rebound relationship, right? Like <laughs> man gets divorced, moves on with a younger woman. Um, they hook up and get married. They hook up. It's never going to last. Right. So when we got married, there were so many people who were like, this is such a rebound. She doesn't know what she's signing up for. All of these things. Mm -hmm. So I had all of this pressure. So it just kind of hit me one day. And I was literally, I remember like sitting there. I had a glass of wine. I'm sitting on the bathroom floor beside the toilet, bawling my eyes out, being like, I don't know if I can do this. Like, I don't know if this is what I want for my life. And uh, yeah, so I, I kind of did what we all do when we're struggling and we just Google the answer, right? Like try to yeah. find the support. And I found a lot of, um, when I was Googling stepmom support, I found a lot of bitching. I found a lot of complaining. I found a lot of venting and just like ex-wife bashing. Yeah. And I knew it was easy to do that. Look, like it's easy to go that route. And I, you know, you talk about divorce. It's easy to just vent. But it's like, what's the solution? How do we do this? How do we make this easier? How do we implement tips and strategies to improve relationships and, and really talk about that? So, you know, that day I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm not going to get in my car and leave. <laughs> like I'm not going to drive far, far away. And I did a lot of work on myself. I did a lot of therapy. I did a lot of um, personal development and, you know, just diving into a lot of the triggers that were coming up for me as a step parent, as a child of divorce, you know, having all of these things come up for my parents' divorce as I try to have a healthy relationship myself. So I did a lot of work. And you know, after all of that, I was like, you know what, I'm going to share this. I'm going to, I'm going to create the type of support that I was looking for. So that's how the whole community started and membership, the podcast, I, I just started blogging and it kind of happened from there. So that was a long answer, but that, that's kind of what happened. So we have a lot in common because my husband now has three kids. And when we first started dating and his kids were younger, I had this, and I am a mother. So I was not the, the single childless bachelorette. And when we first started dating, I'm like, I can't do three kids. Like, I can't, I can't do that. Mm -hmm. I can't take that on. And then we, we drifted apart and two years later reconnected. And I was like, okay, now I can do this and I'm in a good place, but it is definitely a lot. So what did you, have you found to be the most challenging thing about being a stepmother? Or there might be a few. I think there's just so many pressures put on stepmoms, right? Like, and there's really no one size fits all approach. So, you know, you need to learn, you need to know when to step up and take this real seriously and show up for the kids and love them like they're your own, which is a whole lot of pressure that people, yeah. no one should be forced to love anyone just because they're in a certain role. Like that just, that happens over time. So you're supposed to love them like they're your own, but not treat them like they're your own because you don't want to overstep and you don't want to overstep on the role of their mom, but you also need to show up and take the role seriously. So it's like this thing, like you don't really know what's right. You don't, you don't know what the right thing to do. And then you have probably different parenting styles, right? Like I know things that my husband 
even to this day, that my husband thinks are a big deal are not a big deal to me and vice versa. So you have kids who have been raised maybe in a way that you're not on board with and you have to live with that, right? Mm. Like structure, rules, routine, like all of that, like finding yourself in, in a family that was created before you were even a thought, like you join them. It's really, really hard. And it's so funny because people will say, you know what you signed up for when you decided to be a stepmom. It's like, in my head, yes. Yeah. In my head, I knew, but I didn't know how this would feel. I didn't know that when my husband and I got pregnant with our daughter that I would sit on our stairs bawling my eyes out because he knew what to expect having a baby and I had no idea. This was his fourth and my first. So was it a special for him? I didn't know, you know, because I moved into the house that my husband lived in with his first wife. This is where they lived. I didn't know what it would feel like to open a junk drawer and see a receipt from a romantic getaway in like Niagara on the Lake, you know, like I didn't know what that would feel like in my head. I knew they had gone away. They'd stayed in hotels, like they'd made babies, like they had a life together, but you don't know what those reminders are going to feel like until you're in the moment. So it was just this constant, you're trying to find your place really. How do you reconcile when you do have different parenting styles and maybe he's making a decision that you don't agree with? Like what's the best approach there or what have you used that you found successful? Well, originally we would just get in a big fight, um, <laughs> but that didn't work. <laughs> but, you know, I really have learned to pick my battles. So there are a lot of things that I don't agree with, especially when I was, you know, the beginning stages of parenting where I thought that that's what a perfect parent had to do. Mm. So I, I, I learned to pick my battles and think like, does this actually matter? And I asked yeah. myself the question, is this worth the turmoil it's causing in my marriage? Is this worth the vibe in my home? Right. And those two questions can really bring you back to reality and put some things into perspective, because a lot of the things that we worry about don't matter. I even look, look back on, you know, my, my stepdaughter just moved to university. My middle stepson, he is in his last year of high school. All the things I thought were really big deals back then really aren't, yeah. you know, they're not. And so it's, you know, obviously hindsight's twenty twenty, but just keeping that perspective and, and knowing like there are different values with parenting. And the one thing that's really helped me with my husband is to say, do you want my opinion on this? Like <laughs> I, I have some thoughts <laughs> or like, like wh where do you want me to be in this? Mm. Right. So I, I would definitely ask him. And for the longest time, I just was so annoyed when he would not do it the way that I thought it yeah. should be done. But now I just ask him and I'm a support. My goal here is to support him to raise the best kids, yeah. right? And sometimes that's me being all in. And sometimes that's me just being like on the sidelines and, and being there as a support. But finding my groove and just asking myself, like, is this worth it yeah. has been huge. I connect with that because I think when, so I've been married uh, going on six years now. And we were together two years before that. But I always spoke up when I felt a certain way about something. And I learned that that is not the best approach. And it's my husband and I just had something recently where we disagreed on a parenting. And he looked at me and he was like, well, why are you so quiet? What are you thinking? And then I was like, well, do you really want to know what I'm thinking? <laughs> because I'll tell you, <laughs> I'll tell you if you want to know. But if you don't want to know, then I will just kind of zip it and be quiet about it because it's not going to be helpful. You know, it's not going to be helpful mm -hmm. for you to have to make that decision when I have a different opinion about it. So it's definitely like a really delicate 
balance. And I think that you're right. It's not a one size fits all. It's really like learning how to communicate with your spouse. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's sticky. For sure. And I think it's really important to recognize that what works for one period of your life and your marriage may not work moving forward. So for example, when my stepkids were young, uh, my youngest stepson was five when I came. So I was here. I had the baby at home. I was here after school with the kids. I was doing a lot of running around. So at that time, I was involved in the day-to-day parenting. So if someone needed their iPad taken away, I would swipe it. Like I would be like, you know what? No, this is what we need to do. Like this is how we're running the home as a babysitter would, right? Or as an aunt in charge would or or whatever. So I was more involved in the day-to-day parenting back then. And then, you know, as the kids got older and became teenagers, it wasn't really working so well. And I realized that teenagers are a heck of a lot more forgiving of their quote unquote real parents than they are the step parents. So that wasn't worth it for me. So I started Mm -hmm. to take my cues from them. So, you know, obviously if something needed to be dealt with in the moment, I would deal with it. But for the most part, I let my husband take the lead. And I'm again, a support behind the scenes and just here to kind of mentor and just provide insight here and there. And you know, sometimes that works. Um, and other times I need to say, oh, okay, well, maybe I need to be a little bit more involved. Like there's really no, like, this is how I'm doing things every single day. Yeah. So often stepmoms will say, you need to set boundaries or I'm very strict in my boundaries. And this is how we do things. Yeah. Sometimes you just have to like read the room. Right. Yeah. And sometimes those boundaries work and other times, you know, you, you have to be a little bit more flexible just for the vibe of the home, but it, it's yeah. okay. It doesn't have to be rigid. Yeah. I, you know, I think for me, it was really hard to, so it was myself and my son for a while. And then it was really hard to have all of these people come into the home that I had lived in before and then have things out of place. You know, we're talking Mm. about the granola bar wrappers and the cushions. I mean, all day long and the, the empty snack containers that go back into the snack closet or the empty mm-hmm. cartons that go back into the fridge or things just not put away. It used to drive me crazy. I think the first yeah. year, like it would make me nuts walking into the house and seeing all of that. And over mm-hmm. the years, I've just learned to let it go. Like it really is not that important. Like who cares? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's annoying. Yeah. And you know, sometimes people will say, oh, well, you just let it go. You don't say anything. No, you obviously remind kids. Yeah. Like you say things, but let's stop expecting any different. Yeah. Right? Like it's actually very age appropriate. Yeah. I got to tell you a funny story though. So the kids used to leave, you know, they just would leave like their their wrappers just downstairs when they're done with them and that kind of stuff. So we're all sitting in the island, around the island one day, and I was just done with the wrappers. <laughs> and I was, and I had like some empty fruit containers, you know, the strawberries and the pineapple, like they come in the, the plastic containers. So I just kind of cleaned them out and I was done. And we were all just kind of doing our thing. And I just chucked it on the floor, like just kind of <laughs> chucked it. And then I was done with the pineapple and the kids are just kind of looking at me and I chucked the, the pineapple thing too. And they're just looking at me. I'm like, what? I said, I'm just done with it. <laughs> and they just are staring. I said, well, what do you mean? I said, I just thought when we're done with garbage now, we just throw it on the floor. Is that not what we're doing? And uh, then we all kind of started laughing and had like a chuckle about it. And that's one thing that really works for me too, is just kind of being sarcastic and joking around and making yeah. light of the situation. And they're like, oh yeah. I'm like, yeah, that looked kind of lazy, didn't it? <laughs> and you know, that was just in what teenager or middle schooler isn't a slob? Like they all yeah. are. It's kind of, I mean, I was, 
I wasn't any different than them. So it's like, I have to remind myself to be like, all right, listen, remember you weren't any better. You were probably a lot worse, (laughs) you know? Mm -hmm. So chill out. No, for sure. For sure. So yeah, it's just what it is, what it is. We'll be back just after this message. Do you believe that on the other side of your divorce can be a life you freaking love? What if I told you that to live a happy life, you first have to believe you deserve it? How can you possibly create a life you love if you don't believe you are worthy of it? Let's get you set up to start believing in you. Just text the word BELIEVE to 411-321 to receive a free Believe Yourself Badass Guide. In this guide, we talk about power statements and how they can change your life. So stop what you're doing and text BELIEVE to 411-321. See you on the inside. So you talk on um, on one of your social media posts, you talk about being a codependent step-parent. What does that mean? Well, I was a codependent step-mom. I was a high-functioning codependent. So are you familiar with Terry Cole? No. So Terry Cole is author of The Boundary Boss. Highly recommend this book. It is such a game changer. And so she talks about codependency. And for the longest time, I would hear about codependency and be like, I have no idea what you're talking about, right? Like, you know, one of those buzzwords and you're like, yeah, I don't know. So codependency is really when you're like making someone else's problem your problem and you're going in and you're trying to prevent everyone from feeling any pain or solve people's problems for you. And you almost feel it in the sense that it's your own problem to solve. And you're putting everyone else's needs ahead of yours to your own detriment is what Terry Cole says. And honestly, I cannot stress enough. I think that every single person, especially in a divorce and step parenting situation should read this book. It is phenomenal. So she talks about high functioning codependency, which is very common for stepmoms, which is you come in, you want to save the day. You want to deal with the issues with the ex. You're going to take over things with your husband. You're going to do all the things for the kids because you do it better than them. You're going to prove yourself. You're going to solve everyone's problems. And you give and you give and you give. And then all of a sudden, you're feeling super resentful. You're feeling super drained and you're depleted. And a lot of stepmoms do that. A lot of stepmoms come in and they try to take over everything. And I did that. And it worked sometimes and it didn't work other times, but it was exhausting. And, you know, I really got to the point where I had to take a step back and realize that that wasn't healthy for me, right? Like when my husband would get an email from his ex or we would get a lawyer's letter, I would feel it in my whole body. Yeah, It was a full body experience. And then I would spend my day doing research, finding precedent-setting cases, and typing up the notes for the lawyers, and documenting things for my husband, and doing all of these things. And it would consume me. And I started caring more about his problems than he cared. Because he's been dealing with this. Like, this is no surprise. He's been dealing with this person for a long time. So these problems have been there in some way, shape or form since, you know, they've been together. So this is no surprise. This is his problem, but I'm coming in and I want to solve it all. So that's what I talk about how I was just this perfectionist who went all in trying to solve everyone's problems. And it got to the point where, you know, there was a a time we were in a court battle and my husband was um, going back and forth and I just felt like they couldn't come to an agreement. So I even went and made a proposal and met her for coffee and said, what if we did this? And here's what happened. 
I ended up being disappointed all the time when my when it wouldn't solve things. And I was giving and giving and giving and, and just continued to feel disappointed. And I finally realized, I'm like, I can't do this. Like, I can't care about more about their stuff than they care about coming yeah. to a solution. And I, and I removed myself. Not that I don't support my husband behind the scenes. Not that I'm not here to help him. But being so high-functioning codependent, it was exhausting me. And all the problems are still here. All the problems were still there when I was trying to solve it for everyone. And all the problems are still here when I've taken a step back. So nothing's changed yeah. except for I'm just not putting the effort in as much because it is what it is, right? I can't change it. We see that a lot in, so I'm a family lawyer and we will see a lot of times the person comes in and we'll just for purposes of this conversation, say the husband comes in with the new wife and they're doing exactly what you talk about. And very rarely does it actually help the situation. And it usually makes the ex feel like, well, she doesn't belong in this conversation. This is between us. They're not her kids, you know, and you, we, we get mm -hmm. that. And sometimes it almost causes more harm than it does help. Even though every time that that person shows up, they're real, their intentions are really good. They really truly yeah. want to genuinely help and it just backfires. And it, just exactly like you're describing often their emotions are more heightened than the other, the two people involved. And I mm -hmm. think exactly for what you're talking about. Yeah, 100%. I do, I do want to caveat to that because, you know, I will say when it comes to it, when we're dealing with lawyers and that kind of stuff, like often I will respond for my husband. He's on the go. He's like, can you respond to that? Yeah. Um, and we've talked about it and I'll just like send him like, hey, just Darren asked me to send this, um, da, 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 da. Or I, I will kind of join in on some conversations just in the background with the lawyer just to ask like what's happening to fully understand. Mm -hmm. But I'm not going to court. Yeah. I'm not going to sit, you know, I know a lot of stepmoms are like, well, my, my husband wants me to be there yeah. to support him. You know what? That's a really good, you want to come to an agreement or you want to tick her off? Yeah. Right. Like, you know, really yep. like, let's, let's not get into the turf war thing. Right. Yep. Like just be the support behind the scenes. Unless you're being called to the stand, you do not need to go. Yeah. And it's painful to sit at home wondering what's happening. And having no control over that, it's 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 a long day, but you got to just take that step back. It really is beneficial. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's probably the the best advice of this episode: stay home, <laughs> stay yeah, home from court. Sure. Um, it just makes everything easier. But let's talk about the ex wife for a second. And you know, that's always really hard too. Do you have any advice on how to deal with a really high conflict ex-wife? Do you get involved? Do you step back? Do you try to be friends and make nice to keep things smooth? Like what have you seen has worked or not worked? Well, I think, you know, there's real, again, there's really no one size fits all approach, but here's what I'll say. If you're constantly finding yourself in the same situations over and over again, you're constantly feeling triggered or attacked or in conversations that aren't productive, you don't need to have a relationship. And it's a lot of pressure to have that really sparkly co-parenting relationship. You know, yeah. every time there's the viral Facebook posts on scarymummy.com or whatever with like the matching jerseys or, you know, we're best friends. Yeah. And, you know, I, I always get messages from people in my lives and in my, you know, community saying this is what it should be like. 
yeah, that would be really awesome for everyone. However, there are a lot of contributing factors here. There are a lot of hurt feelings. There are a lot of different personalities. There's mental health. There's Mm -hmm. money issues. There's betrayal. Like, There's so many different factors to consider. So one thing that I think is really important for people to remember is sometimes the healthiest relationship is no relationship at all. Parallel parenting is it doesn't mean you failed at co-parenting. There's times when parallel parenting is literally just the best way to do it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So yeah, if, if you're considering whether or not you should take a step back, ask yourself, like, am I constantly in conversations that are making my heart beat out of my chest? When I get a text message from the ex, do I have butterflies in my stomach? Do I, am I feeling anxious? If you are, you know, ask your partner to be involved on a need to know basis. And the control freak in you is going to struggle with that. But honestly, as soon as you get over that initial discomfort, you're like, whoa, this feels so much better. Yeah. And you know, and you can have a really great co-parent relationship with your ex and not have a relationship with their new spouse. And so my ex and I have a really good co-parenting relationship. He's remarried. She's wonderful. She's so good to my son. They're a perfect match. But she and I don't have a close relationship. And we chit chat if we're at soccer together, but we're not texting each other. We're not, you know, Mm -hmm. we're not communicating with each other at all. And that's okay. So like, and I think that that's important point that every situation requires something different. So you can't look at somebody else's and say, oh, I wish I had that, or I'm going to try to make it like this. Like you can't jam something else, something into something that's just not right for you. For sure. And it can change over time. You know, Mm -hmm. there was a time where I had wine with my husband's ex-wife. We were out. We had some mutual friends. We all went out for wine. It was super weird, but it was still fine. It was fun. (laughs) And I was really excited because I thought that's the type of co-parenting relationship we Mm -hmm. were going to have. There were times where I, we were at a hotel room um, at a hockey tournament and she, she was there too. And I sat in her room with a bunch of other girls. We had wine. It was fine. It was fun. Then there's been times when we've had words and we are not on the same page when there's emotions that are really, really high. And that was okay too, right? Like we needed to have that constructive conversation. And now we don't have anything to do with each other, to be quite honest, because that's what works right now. And I think that, you know, people need to understand that when you set boundaries or you take a step back, you don't have to do it forever. You can just take a time out right? Because everyone goes through different phases too. Yeah. You could be dealing with an ex-wife who is still like, what is the status? Like women take three to five years to fully move forward from a divorce. Whereas men obviously can move on. They're, men and women, our brains are wired completely different. <laughs> two <right>? weeks. <laughs> yeah. Two weeks, you know, a couple days. Um, they've, they've moved on, but no, you know, you need to understand that too. So she the ex-wife may really want to have a certain type of relationship with you and want to be able to co-parent, but you trigger her and, you know, you bring out these insecurities and these feelings and this hurt that she hasn't fully gone through yet. And and I think that's important to remember too. Like it's sometimes it's not about the stepmom, it's about what the stepmom represents. Yeah. Yeah. Jamie, this is such good information. And it's just like, I love the the real talk on it. It's not all, you know, butterflies and unicorns. It's like, this is the real deal. How can people connect with you, join your community, find your podcast, like all of the stuff? Because you are killing it over there on the social media space and you offer so much value. Yeah. So I'm over on Instagram at Jamie Scrimger and I have a podcast, Kick-Ass Stepmom podcast. 
And uh, so we release episodes every Monday, which is really exciting. So come on over and have a listen over there. And then I also have a membership space for stepmoms because I don't know, I'm sure if you're a stepmom, you know what I'm talking about here, but there is a lot of support for moms. Moms are encouraged to keep it real. Moms are encouraged to like have the real talk. Where stepmoms, there's still a huge stigma. And I found a lot of stepmoms were looking for next level conversations that, you know, even I wasn't comfortable having on social media. So we created a membership space. Um, so it's the exclusive stepmom community. We have, you know, you can listen in on coaching calls with other stepmoms. You can connect with me in the private forum. You can ask me a question for support anytime you want. Connect with stepmoms from over 30 countries around the world, which still blows my mind. And then we release content and interviews with experts that we don't share anywhere else. So that's the membership. So jamiescrimger.com forward slash membership. And we'd love to have you join. It's super cheap and affordable. And uh, that's kind of where I do a lot of my one-on-one connecting with stepmoms. It's it's just great to have that safe space. Such a great resource. Okay, Thank so you. final question. What does it mean to be a kick-ass stepmom? Oh, yeah. So it's funny because people will say to me, you know, I'll say, well, my podcast is the kick-ass stepmom podcast. And it seems like, oh, you think you're awesome, eh? And <laughs> well, you not are. Really, yeah, well, thank you. That's not really what it's about. It's about, you know, when I really thought about what I want for me and for my community, it's I want to live a kick-ass life. And I think what's really important is in doing that is to understand that you can thrive amongst the tough stuff. You know, we right now, if I could, if I could write a book right now, but all of the things we have going on behind the scenes and all of the stress, you would be like, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? But you can thrive amongst that extra stress. And it's about life skills and coping strategies and healthy relationships and communication. So that's where Kick-Ass Stepmom comes from. It's about doing the work on yourself. That's where change starts. And Yeah, you can blame other people for your circumstances. um, But at the end of the day, the only one who has the power to change your life is you. So that's what Kick-Ass Stepmom is all about. There you have it. I couldn't have said it better. You are awesome. Thank you so much for sharing this time with us. And um, I will put all of the links as usual in in the episode show notes. And I hope everyone connects with you who finds themselves in this space because it is so important to have community. And it is hard. It is, you know, it is really hard sometimes. There's so much joy and so much fun. And there's also that the challenges that go along with that. And that's that's real life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's normal, right? How many stepmoms yeah. just need to know that, oh, the way that I'm feeling right now, I don't need to feel guilty for that. Like this is actually normal. And I think that's what most stepmoms are really craving. Absolutely. Thank you, Jamie. Well, thank you for having me. That's a wrap. Link up with us at MsReneeBauer.com. Remember to rate and review and share with anyone you think might find this episode helpful. You can change your story and live happy even after.